This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Hump day. Welcome. Good morning. It's Wednesday. We got here in a hurry, didn't we? In the months almost over. Do you realize that? We are at uh, it's the 31st. Yeah. This is it. Mm. I mean, tomorrow's, tomorrow's February. Shortest month. One of the coldest months. But, but, when you're done with that, it's March. Yep. Uh, so, uh, not so bad. Well, good morning. Welcome into a pretty good day. It's 37 degrees already out there. Well, it's 34 to 37, depending on where you are. It was up to 67, 68 again yesterday. Going to be close to 70 today. Mm. I'm telling you. And if you look at the rest of the week, it's fine. Look at next week as of right now. It's 50s and 60s. So, see, we survived the uh, the winter, and it looks like, uh, well, <laughs> we haven't really survived it yet. But it looks like we're in pretty good shape. So, let's see. Wait, this is old. Mm. I get to do that and throw that away yeah. here. That's always fun. Satisfying. That is, Bryce, it is, isn't it? There is something satisfying about that. It's not bubble wrap or anything, but it is something very satisfying about crunching that up and throwing away. I used to work with a guy who said, never touch a piece of paper more than once. Nowadays, if you touch a piece of paper, that's unusual, uh, almost, but never touch one more than once. Now, while I like that philosophy, it's not always easy to do, but I do try to practice by that. Same thing with emails. I don't let them sit. I take care of them and then and then move on, or at least try to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's so I can keep things at least somewhat arranged in a very hectic life that we all have. Well, welcome in. What are we going to be doing this morning? All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. We'll talk about college basketball last night. One good, one bad. Uh, we also had a couple of big upsets last night in college basketball, and there's a game in town tonight between two old rivals. Thunder will be playing tonight. We have some really interesting and fun prop bets for the uh, Super Bowl. We have both sides of the, he said, he said, (laughs) the uh, Justin Tucker and the Kansas Mm. City Chiefs and Mahomes and Kelsey and all that. You heard, you might have heard two pros and a cup of Joe talking about that right before us. And uh, I have my opinions on it, which is something we probably should have done yesterday, but we were busy with some other things. Uh, We have a Major League Baseball team being sold. And a very familiar name is going to be the defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Plus today, we have Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider from KTHV in Little Rock. We also have Jordan Nagel. He's the former Bishop Kelly head coach, now first year out at Sepulpa. Now, the cool thing about that is Sepulpa, you know, like what like what Broken Arrow did with the Rose District, and then like what Owasso's doing with, is it Redbud? I think it's uh, Redbud yes. or something like that district out there. And then, you know, Sepulpa's downtown, actually, if you haven't been through very often, is a cool little downtown. It is very classic um, small town downtown. However, in a lot of those you drive through and there's still a lot of cold, you know, closed, you know, closed up places and they're thriving. And then they had those Christmas lights, you know, the whole Christmas thing they did out there, which was wildly successful. Their football team's making a heck of a comeback. And those, so this is a really good ad for them in basketball. So we'll talk about what is a, a really a good amount of momentum for them. And you think about Sand Springs, too, and what Bobby Klink's done in football. 
Uh, and that rivalry, which is always fantastic, right? The Ohio 97 rivalry there. So we'll talk to him at 810, then Tyler at 830 this morning. And outside that, we're going to talk about all those other things we just had in front of us here. There's much to do right here, plus you with us on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. There's some fun things um, that are, I call them ancillary. I don't know if you saw it or not, but, you know, it's it's always fun to see what college kids come up with to distract a free throw shooter. And I have <laughs> yeah. to admit, through my years, my favorite is the one that looks like, um, oh, I don't even know what they call it, that spinning psycho wheel, if you will. Oh, kind of the, the one that um, the circles. Like, is supposed to uh, put you in a trance. You yes, know, right, that, yeah, that one. Right, which if you've ever, I mean, you've probably been on an airplane and you look out and some airplane engines have that painted on the little nub that holds the... Um, Oh, the tines and the compressor in there, yeah. and so when they when they rub when they you know they rip that thing up, it starts doing that. You can, <laughs> you kind of go cross-eyed for a minute, and then it you know it goes so fast mm-hmm. it's gone. But the the Holy Cross swim team took it up a notch. <laughs> it was really fun to see, and I got I'll be honest. When I first saw the headline, I thought, which swim team, men's or women's? Mm. Huh? Yeah, because if important. you're trying to distract young men. Young women. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to distract young women. Young men? Uh, maybe. Is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> is it that simple? Just You think, well, all I know is, all I know is it was really fun. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk's wife uh, can now merchandise things from the NFL. Yeah. Not that we're completely surprised. That actually happened late yesterday or during the day yesterday. And, you know, and before, you know, when I first saw the jacket she made Taylor Swift, I told my wife, I said, you know, that's not legal. <laughs> she just took NFL merchandise. There's some foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, she just took NFL merchandise and she altered it. And then now in that case, she gave it to somebody, which I mm. guess is legal. Yeah, like if you're not getting paid for some it. money out right. of it. So. But that's NFL merchandise. So if you start messing with it and then you resell it, that's a no-no. Mm. Yeah. Well, now she now has a licensing agreement with the NFL. Love to know percentages in that. Mm. How yeah, much like what is, kind of cut she's getting? Yeah. Out of, yeah. Well, no. What kind of cuts the NFL getting? Oh, okay. <laughs> is the NFL getting like half that? You know, ninety whatever. Yeah. What are they getting? I I would not be surprised by a wildly high number, and because she's a, a single entity at this point, maybe I wouldn't be surprised by one that wasn't as high. However, it would still be interesting to know, and I you know, we won't know. And now she will be so completely backed up with everyone who wants everything. Yeah, that she's going to have to hire a staff, and boy, before you know it, she's going to be making more than Kyle. <laughs> Speaking of that, we know what Brock Purdy makes as opposed to Patrick Mahomes, and we've got some stories on. We got a, actually a piece of sound from Brock Purdy that'll tell you a little bit about the kind of guy he is, which I think is really fun. Uh, we got Jerry Jones saying the Cowboys are are going to go all in in twenty four, which just makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, what Cowboy we, fans. What have we been doing? Yeah. I, so, like, up until now, we've been going, well, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, put a team out. Put a guy out there. We'll pay him a little bit. We, we, just, we just made moves and fired people in the past just because, yeah. you know. But now yeah. we're going on. You know, and, and there are so many people who really thought this was the year. Aikman actually put off vacation because he thought this was the year. Yeah. And so he he canceled vacation plans. <laughs> Now, the former Cowboys, the Aikmans, the Emmett Smiths, the Michael Irvins, mm-hmm. the guys who were superstars at the big times, 
they were serious about how important it is to stop what's happening there. Right. You I mean we we heard the, the video from a really irritated Michael Irvin and an almost resigned Emmett Smith. You didn't get as as much from Troy because he still works TV and he has to be careful about that. Yeah. But but you got some. If you you know if you're listening to him during games, you get what he's saying. You're getting like a more I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed type. No, I got both. <laughs> I got angry and disappointed. And the other thing you get from Aikman, have you ever seen the clip of him on the sidelines? And I can't remember who he's talking to. It's when he was still playing, and he said, "No one's going to make him do it. Head coach is not going to make him do it." And he was kind of getting after some guys on the sidelines, and he was complaining about lack of discipline. Now, my my guess is that he was talking about Switzer because you don't have that under Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson cut a guy because he was asleep in a meeting. Yeah, I think it was during the Switzer era. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, because it would it definitely would not not have been again you know, during the Jimmy Johnson era. Now, now Switzer and Aikman are friends, at least from what we know. However, Aikman being a very serious, very dedicated, very hardworking guy, Switzer was more freewheeling as a coach. That's how he got in trouble at Oklahoma. But he was yeah. a lot more freewheeling. You know, there's one thing to be called a player's coach, and there's one thing to be telling players just how to do whatever you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of us were inside that. We don't know, but we just know he got fired for it, and eventually it just didn't go well, and there was too much happening. So, I mean, he's always been a player's guy. He's always been more of a, look, you do you, and let's put this thing together with the best talent. That's what Switzer's always been about. Get the most and the best talent and let them go play. And, you know, those Cowboys teams, they won a Super Bowl with, with Switzer. I said yeah. before, the best thing he did was not mess it up. Uh, and, but you have to remember, too, they had Irvin, they had Emmett, they had Aikman, they had leaders. That was a team that was led by the team, by the players. And so you, you hear that kind of irritation from the guys who spent careers there, had great success there, and doggone sure don't want it to go south like it has. So I'll be really interested to know, I would love to be a fly on any of their walls today when they read that. <laughs> Oh, which yeah. is 10 pounds of garbage. But we'll have, uh, we'll have Bryce get into that for you a little bit later on today. So we have all that to go. I mean, we've got all this really fun audio. A couple of them I didn't get to yesterday. I actually had the Justin Tucker explanation about the Mahomes thing yesterday, and it was busy with other stuff. But today it's actually better because today we have Mahomes and Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. We don't have Kelsey on it, uh, but we have the other two on it. Yeah, he's he's got stuff to do. He's flying around with, with Taylor Swift. Probably not, no. But, you know, I do wonder. I know they practice. I know they're doing other things. But you got two weeks to the Super Bowl. And if you're the Chiefs, you've been there. It's not that big a deal. The Niners have been there, too. So you're – I say it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. But they, they know how to handle this. How do you think as a player you'd handle that two-week gap? You want to get – I mean, you, you're happy to get healed because everybody needs that. But you don't want to lose focus, which you don't think you would do because it's the biggest game. But at the end of the day, you just never know. I wonder how to handle that. I would be really anxious the week, this week. Yeah. Next week, I'd be great because you're back in a regular rhythm. And you know, we talk about the rhythm of the season, which I think is really important personally. I think it's really important, at least it was for me as a player. I, I wanted the rhythm of the season. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what I was doing that day and then – have it set in my mind what I was going to do. Now, they're still practicing and all those things, but they have a little extra time off and, and all that stuff. Plus, you know, media uh, requirements and requests are bigger than ever. And although those players, college and NFL, are much more, if you will, blocked off from us than they've ever been, they're also much more accessible than they've ever been. I know that sounds funny, 
But as much as an organization, if you try to go through the Chiefs right now and talk to Creed Humphrey, they're just going to tell you no. Or they're yeah. going to tell you, okay, we'll put you on a list. You can't, you can't talk to Creed Humphrey that way. At least we can't. If you know him, if you're friends with him, if you are a local who, you know, if you're up in Norman and you were, a, you know, a station up there who had had a relationship, maybe you can. If you have a podcast and you're a former player, maybe you can. So the comments come out because those guys are being spoken to by people outside us. Now, if ESPN calls for Creed Humphrey, <laughs> Creed Humphrey's on no the problem. phone. Yeah. So it, we're getting a lot of them, probably more than we did before, but access to most of us is actually cut off, but we can all use the same audio. So it's a really, it's a, for me, having grown up in this business, if you will, it's a, really, it's a unique time. Yeah. I, As I mined all this this morning, sitting here since 4.15. <laughs> I feel like as a player, I would be, this would be about the time that I would really start to get antsy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd be on that high for the first Monday yep. or Tuesday, and then it starts to feel like an eternity. And especially for those guys that are new to the team, new to the league, um, just think about the experience that they're having as opposed to the guys that have been with the Chiefs for many years now, or even with the 49ers. I mean, if you're on that 2020 team, I mean... It makes sense. And do you, as a if if you're if you're an older player who's done this, if you're a Mahomes or a Kelsey or any of those guys who have done this, do you talk to the team or go to these guys, or do you wait for them to come to you? I mean, if if, if it were me and I were that young guy, I would go to one of them and say, "Hey, how do you? I mean, is anything different you do this week? How do you keep your focus? What do you do?" Like, <clears throat> I don't know about you when you're a player. For me as a player, I never had a problem with focus. I mean, it was important to me, and I was that's what I thought about. All the time. I mean, yeah. I, had a, I had a very steady girlfriend, and I'd see her in the evenings or whatever, but that's what I thought about all the time. Mm-hmm. That was every. I mean, I, I would go home, and I would – we didn't have – I mean, our film were 16 millimeters, so you couldn't take it home. It wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. But I would go home and go through playbooks and things like that, and I'd read stuff and that kind of thing. So I, I never had a problem with the focus. Now, at, at one point, you'd wonder, do you over overdo that too? I mean, to me, there's a really fine balance. Nuts. Yeah, there's a really fine balance in here that I find this two-week gap pretty interesting. You know, and I heard Dan Patrick and the guys who come up after us at 9, one of their poll questions, I don't know if it was yesterday or Monday, was do you like the two-week gap or do you, do you hate it? And I'll ask you that right now by text at 918-262-5072. You guys, by the way, did a fantastic job yesterday on the text board. Thank you for that. Because although we're not going to program the radio station based on that, we really I, I, I do love the input and everything you send me, I'm going to respond to on the air and personally yeah. to you right back to your text, which, you know, if you text on the way into work, I'm sorry, because I might ding you in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> so if I've done that, my bad. At any rate, I'd like to know, do you like the two-week gap or do you hate the two-week gap? I'd like to know at 918-262-5072. So that's just some of what we're going to do today here on The Blitz. We'll get a little bit of Mike Boynton after last night's Kansas blowout of Oklahoma State and an, an unfortunate injury to Bryce Thompson. We'll get some very happy Porter Mosier after they, you know, kick Kansas State around pretty good. We'll get that. We've got Tulsa tonight against Wichita State. We've got a little bit of Eric Conkle, who, by the way, will be this one Friday. We have a former Niner with this one Friday, too. Gene Barrett's going to be in, on the phone with yeah. us Friday. Gene uh, played a lot of years for, 40, for San Francisco and in some pretty good times, but not like these. <laughs> not in the old, as they say, salad days, which I still don't know what the hell that means. But in those days when the Niners are in the Super Bowl, uh, even more so than back then. All that to come up this morning here on The Blitz. He's Bryce. I'm Rick. It's 615, and this, my friends, is The Blitz 1170.
The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys were blown out last night now in Fieldhouse as they lost to the Kansas Jayhawks 83-54. John Michael Wright found his way back into the starting lineup and also led the team in scoring as he had 16. Bryce Thompson went down early in the game with a shoulder injury. There has been no update on his status. The Oklahoma Sooners got their biggest Big 12 road win since 2015 as they beat the Kansas State Wildcats 73-53. Jalen Moore led the team with 23 points. Javion McCollum added 21 and Rivaldo Soares had 10 off the bench. And tonight, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Wichita State Shockers at the Reynolds Center. That one will have a 5.30 pregame with a 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 is streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app and online at theblitztulsa.com. Powered by Duck Creek Casino. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. That would be fun. Uh, This is the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. That's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey, and this is the Blitz 1170. Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text lines open at 918-262-5072. I want to remind you, the Oilers are home all weekend long. On Friday, it's American Heart Association night. First thousand fans get a free red rally towel. Uh, then on Saturday, I love this one. First thousand people get an Oilers beanie. I want one of those. You might from the nice. Oilers offices listening. I'll even I'll pay for it. I'm all right with that. And I mean, I'd love to go, but it's just we're in a position with Lindsay right now. We can't do those kinds of things. But I'd love to be able to be there. And then on uh, Sunday, it's Family Fun Day and Spider Man Day. First 500 kids get many hockey sticks. Spider-Man and some of the other characters will be wandering around. Plus, after the game, you can get on the ice and skate with the players. Just You can rent skates or take your own. That's what we call Sunday Fun Day right here on the Blitz 1170. All right, at 621, Bryce's eyes popped open a little bit when he heard John Michael Wright. And, yes, you know, I, I considered. I'm not really sure what's offensive anymore. I got to be honest. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I know what bothers me, but I realize I'm one person. Mm. I also know what bothers, you know, some of the people I know really well. But I'm not a fan of the people who go, well, everybody I know. Well, of course. Mm. (laughs) Of course, the people you know generally think like you. That's why they're your friends. (laughs) If they didn't think like you at all, you probably would separate yourself. That's how our society works. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I never know. If something is offensive or, all right, I'm not, I don't want to even say offensive. That's hard, too. But it, where's the line about Just what like you like a little can, bit vulgar, you know? I, I don't know. I you suppose. You know, it's like, where's the, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is, like, that's kind of where the line is. If, if something sounds a little bit more vulgar, okay, and then there's offensive, you yeah, know? I, I, I can't tell where it is. I know this. I mean, there's some things I still won't say on the air that you can mm. I mean, you used to hear me every now, every now and then say, he, he dropped a damn thing, or what the hell yeah. are you doing? And I'll do that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's kind of natural conversation, for me anyway. But I, there's some things I still won't say. You know, I won't say ASS. <laughs> I just yeah. won't on the air. I just, for some reason to me, as a guy who's been in this business for 42 years, it just doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. So when John Michael Wright said what he said, I thought, I think that's okay. I think I've heard Jeremy say that. Uh, not in that context, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not one of the seven words. 
that's the thing. So, I mean, at, at that point, does he just base it off of that? Well, you, just, you, but you can't. I don't think you can. I, I, I think there has to be a more than it has to be your area, too. You know, yeah, the yeah. FC, as a matter of fact, the FCC in their rule says uh, decency according to, uh, to local norms. Well, mm. it's going to be very different here than it is in New York yeah. or LA. I remember the first time I heard somebody say AWS on the radio. I was covering spring training, I was in Tampa. Yeah, I was in Tampa going to Dunedin to cover the Blue Jays. And it was, I got to talk to Joe Carter. That's where I saw the pigeon, <laughs> take a pigeon drop on a guy's shoulder, which was really funny, <laughs> sitting in the stands. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the wow. Blue Jays were playing, Had a, it was a horrible <laughs> exhibition for them. They were playing awful. And this pigeon is in, I mean, the, the Dunedin Stadium was an old stadium. You know, and I'm sitting up in the stands. I wasn't in the press box. I was in the stands. It wasn't very, there weren't many people there in the middle of the day. And th- this bird just drops a big old load and hits this guy's shoulder and splatters all over. And he kind of looks to his right. He looks at it. He looks back and he goes, figures. <laughs> so he didn't move. He didn't try to wipe it off. Oh, I just broke out laughing. And he turned around and looked at me and kind of shrugged his shoulders. Anyway, I was getting in the car after that. And I was driving, uh, I was think I was going from there on down to um, uh, where the Rangers were, uh, Port Charlotte. I think I was going on down to Port Charlotte, and I heard a, a Tampa radio host say that. And I was sh- I was just shocked. <laughs> this had to be 96. Okay. 90s, yeah, 96, 97 in that range. Probably 96, 95, 96. And I was just shocked. At any rate... I think what was on there was okay, but it's what's more important here. Is, so I just want you to know, I'm not trying to offend you, <laughs> but I thought what John Michael Wright said was really important. Oh, yeah. Really important. And I think it's really important for a lot of reasons. So I want to play this again, and I want your comments at 918-262-5072. So remember right now, our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line has two questions out there. I want to know, number one... Is, you know, what do you think about what John Michael Wright says here? And who do you blame for that? Because in the end of the day, I think blame might be a strong word. Whose responsibility is that? Is it individual players? Is it a coaching staff? Where where does that go to? I mean, we hear all the time about training staffs making people tougher. Well, is this the training staff? I mean, do they hold some responsibility here too? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. Because we're going to give a, if we're going to give any group a lot of credit, we also have to make sure they're you know we also have to say okay, are they part of the problem if there's a problem? And I'm not saying they are. I'm just asking a question here. And the other one question we have out is: Do you like the two week guy up to the Super Bowl or do you hate it? Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. All right. So here's John Michael Wright again. Now he had a nice night. He had sixteen. He had to he you know he had to be kind of a key guy because Bryce Thompson, who had a really good game against Kansas, at least one of those two last year. Goes down five minutes in with a shoulder injury, which they are not sure about yet. So John Michael Wright has his 16. He goes over 2,000 points. He's only the, was it, 66th, 67th? He and Dickinson became the 66th and 67th, I believe it were, okay. was, to go over 2,000 in their career. I mean, it's not a huge group considering all the people who played college basketball. Oh, yeah. So that's a really cool thing for John Michael Wright. For sure. And he's also a guy who's older because we hear Mike Boynton all the time talk about how young this team is, and they are. They're a bunch of, he, he calls them babies. He doesn't mean that from the diapers and, you know, that kind of thing. He just means they're really young. So you got a, you got a very veteran guy like John Michael Wright who played his tail off last night and, and continues to do that for the most part, really kind of calling out his own guys. Here's a quick. Whoops, sorry. 
Sorry, sorry. That didn't do what it was supposed to do. Here we go. Oh, you know what? I'll play that first. Here's John Michael getting the 16,000. Mm. Or 16,000. Uh, 2,000. 16,000 would be really cool. Here's a quick basket on the other end. John Michael Wright coming through. And John Michael Wright now over 2,000 points for his college career. 2,001 with that three-point basket. He has 11, 51-33. So congratulations to him on that. But then after the game, not quite as happy of a moment for John Michael. So you can't really dwell on this one, but we got to understand what we did wrong and really grow from it. That's something we need to really pick up on. We're not growing from these losses as, like, individual players. The coaching staff, they're doing a great job trying to help us game plan, but players, we got to learn how to grow and, and man up. And when we get in these situations, you know, just grow some balls. Excuse my language. Uh, and I get a text here from Gretchen that says he's right. There's no cohesiveness. And that's par- par- partially part of it, I'm assuming. But I think John Michael's going beyond that and saying, I mean, I don't think he's calling out, at least he didn't directly call out effort, but he called out toughness. That's yeah. what he's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, um, when you say grow some onions, we're not talking about in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we mean really. I think it was a kind of a pull back the curtain moment for him. You know, we, it wasn't, uh, I guess you could say player speak. The same, we, we talk about coach speak. You, you yep. hear some of the, the same taglines mm-hmm. and, hey, we just got to forget about this one and move on. Got to put it behind us. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, it was very correct where he was going. And, again, he has a lot of experience, mm-hmm. was a very good player at high point where he got most of those points, getting up to 2,000 now. I think that it's very true um, that this team has not really grown a lot, as much as I thought that they were maybe in, De- maybe in December in that range where you actually started to see some progression. And it can get frustrating, especially when you're in the Big 12 <laughs> and you're not really catching any breaks here and there. Um, he made it very clear to not call out the coaching staff and said yep. that they were putting out a good game plan and everything. But I can't help but look at the coaching staff as well if you're not seeing um, progression over the years. Again, I I understand that sometimes it's going to happen with younger guys, Mm -hmm. but I've seen cases over the past seven years with guys who will make the same kind of mistakes when they're a junior as they did when they're a freshman. So I think that there's a history of that there, and I at least appreciate, you know, John Michael Wright, again, being pretty blunt about his team's effort, but still, I, I think that when it comes to his coaches, which, of course, he's not going to do that to the media. I understand that. But um, I, I think there is some blame to pass around from everybody. Accountability. And yeah. if there's accountability for doing things wrong over and over again, you know, it's it, it's simply, I mean, same as a parent. You can't let your kids do something 15 times and then tell them it's wrong. Right. You know, or didn't tell them it's not what they're how they're supposed to handle that. You have to do it to begin with, and you have to follow that up. And and it's not really any different than coaching. Coaching and parenting really aren't that different. <laughs> you know, you're trying to keep a bunch of people in line. You're trying to motivate. You're trying to be nice. You're trying to play both roles. Good cop, bad yeah. cop. I guess unless you're Bobby Knight and you're just a bad cop and you hire a good cop <laughs> coach. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, hey, look. There are a lot guys of guys to corral you a little bit. Well, they've always. They bounce off. So every coaching staff needs a, uh, a, a bad guy, if you will, mm-hmm. a, a bad A-double-S. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Here we go again with that one, right? <laughs> Pardon me. We're, we're going to put Rick in a situation to finally spill it. Yeah, every coach <laughs> needs that. Mm-hmm. And you know, some coaches were that. You know, Bill Self's kind of that himself, so he has Norm Roberts and guys like that who are good guys. Now, they'll scream and yell at you. But they're, quote-unquote, the good guys. It really is good cop, bad cop. You know, Wojcik was his own bad guy. 
Mm. And a lot of guys on his staff were not that way. They were younger and a little bit more compassionate, and and you yeah. need that. And if you're that compassionate guy, then you need the guy on your staff who's the you know the backbreaker, if you will. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know Scott Sutton pretty well, and Scott's a really nice guy. Now he'll get after you. Mm-hmm. But I, and you know, Mike has such a Mike Boynton has such a you know kind of a pleasant personality. I don't know what that. You know, I'm not at his practices. I don't know what that converts to. But if your own player is saying your own players are not tough enough, yeah, that goes beyond just player accountability. Yeah. You, some guys are so self-motivated, they need nothing else. You think Mahomes is not self-motivated, <laughs> right? Yeah. But some people need that kick. That's the magic of coaching is knowing who needs a hug and who needs a swipe. <laughs> yeah, and and it's the guys who get it perfect. The guys who are really good at it, they're magic. The guys yeah. who aren't, yeah, you know, it's it's harder. And and I that to me is a very concerning statement because I think it shows that there's frustrated there's frustration that can't help but be spilled over. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's probably been a point where uh, Wright has had moments where I'm going to kind of lay back on that. That's not really the issue here. But now he just can't help himself but say these issues, um, say them out loud, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah, and if you're really frustrated with the rest of your teammates, and especially if you're a guy who's a veteran and you know your time is coming to an end, and you're trying not only to have a good season and to, you know, you don't want to – can you imagine if your last season is like this? What do you remember most, Bryce, about your career? How it ended, <laughs> honestly, man, it ended on a very high note, um, winning a state championship. Yep. So and that, if you that, hadn't, what would you have remembered? That how it ended. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And and so you know, it, it's one thing to say, uh, let's you know, if you win ten games in conference and and then you you know you go to a minor tournament and do okay, I guess that's okay. But I mean, in in reality, do you think the guys? And look, I'm not taking anything away from them because I love those guys. If you think the guys who hung the CBI banner for Tulsa, they were really happy that night. It was yeah. a that was a grind. You had to play. God, it was a you know the CBI wasn't like a one game thing. They played multiple games, and even though it's a very it was a very minor lower end tournament, and a lot of people sneered their sneered at it. For that team, it was good to keep playing, and, and I was a part of that, and I was still broadcasting at that time, and I liked those kids a lot, and for them at the moment, it was a big deal. Yeah. I really don't think they look back now and tell anybody, you know, you, somebody's, you know, hey, we made it to the NCAA finals, we're in the final four, blah, blah, blah. You think they're going to tell everybody, we want a CBI? <laughs> if, if some people are shying away from the NIT, then yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't mm-hmm. think that's coming out of a lot of guys' mouths. So that is pretty interesting. Uh, and yeah. I, I thought that I, to me, it was if I'm of anybody above the coaching staff, I'm going to turn and look as though I'm a deer who just heard a hunter. Boop. Mm-hmm. That's it's alarming. It's an attention getter. 634 on the Blitz 1170. Well, tell, tell us what you think. 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Meanwhile, when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from Porter Mosier. And I'm, I'll, I'll get into, and we, we also got Bryce in this day in sports history coming up. I want to get into the uh, Justin Tucker versus Mahomes-Kelsey thing, which is kind of funny at one point i'll tell you what the guys before us said and the one thing i needed to know about that i found out so i'll tell you about that as well that's still to come plus we'll take your text as i said at 918-262-5072 i want to remind you too we are closing in 
on ending up our Valentines for Veterans. We're only going to do this through the 4th of February because we need to get these collected and out to veterans. Uh, we're doing this in combo with Triad Eye Institute. Now, what we're doing is asking you or your kids or your class or anyone to create homemade Valentines and then drop them off at any Triad location. You can find them at triadeye.com. They are all over Oklahoma. Uh, you can find them down in McAllister and up in Bartlesville and over in Grove and in Muskogee and in Tulsa and McAllister and Pryor and Claremore, all those places. So make any number of homemade Valentines and drop those off. If you don't have time and you buy them and write personal notes, that's okay too. What we're going to do is get these all gathered up and we're going to give them to services who then take them out and give them out at veteran centers, VA hospitals, and places like that where they can be to, they can get to veterans who either may be alone or pretty close to that. Just let them know you're thinking. It's called Valentine's for Veterans. Find out more at theblitztulsa.com slash valentine. Valentine for Veterans from Triad Eye Institute and us right here at the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tonight, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Wichita State Shockers at the Reynolds Center. That one with a 5.30 pregame and 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to it over on Big Country 99.5. In NBA basketball tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be hosting Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. That's the fourth and final regular season meeting between the teams. Tip-off is at 7. And former OU and current Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield will replace, will replace Dak Prescott in the Pro Bowl. Prescott is excused because of the impending birth of his daughter. This marks Mayfield's first Pro Bowl in his career. He is scheduled to become a free agent this offseason. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Iron Rappi Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, which you did a great job on yesterday. Thank you very much. I think we got as much response yesterday to Amelia Earhart as anything else. <laughs> it, it never surprises me, like, what will pop out, right? Mm. What what exactly gets things going on our text line yeah it tends to be well obviously there's some things obviously sports wise but then anything that kind of is just you know our culture is interested in and yeah. that's one of the biggest mysteries where's jimmy hoffa and uh <laughs> and where is amelia Earhart? and you know through the years everybody thought they found him you know hell rivaldo rivera thought he found uh capone's vault turned out to be a big old empty space so we are yeah. we are fascinated by those things the old Earhart thing though is i mean it's really i, mean, I don't know i'm gonna say it's captivated the world but you know we found titanic that was a big deal yeah right and, and so when, when they ever, we finally if you're able to actually get down there and, and be able to actually say that is that lockheed electra then it would be well it'd be 100 percent because there's not going to be another lockheed electra who happened to be in that part of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> just that, that was just another person around. but then it's still it's still unless there are remains inside it wouldn't solve where are they where is she yeah. and fred noonan her, you know, now there was, you know, there's a group that claims they have bones found on an island that they say were hers. DNA, for whatever reason, and I don't remember why, it may have been just the amount of time outside or in the ocean or whatever. Kind of skewed it a little bit. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. But had they d- ditched and ditched successfully, as I've told you, a lot of that was very common in that time. I say very common. It wasn't very common. But when people ditched, when pilots ditched, World War II or, you know, any others for that matter, 
if they did it without a loss of control, they were generally able to put those planes down without tremendous damage to the airplane or to the people inside and were able to get out. If she and Fred Noonan got out and they did have supplies to survive, they might have made it to that island. So both could be true. Mm. That could be the airplane and those still yeah. could be their remains on the island is they had supplies. So if they were able to get it out, that's a Lockheed Electra is not a small airplane. And if landed correctly, wouldn't sink immediately. Yes, it would go down fairly quickly, but it would give you time to gather and get out. Mm. And so you, you both could be true, which yeah. would be pretty interesting. Anyway, if you didn't hear that or see that story, you can Google it. Just Google. All you have to do is Google Amelia, Amelia Earhart, and you're going <laughs> to find that story first. Yeah. Did you ever look at the images I was telling you about? Oh, no. Like, the images were really, I mean, because that airplane, it looks like an airplane down there. It's pretty clear. I, I, I Googled the airplane, yeah, um, well, yeah, like what type of airplane that was, because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it, it's pretty clear that's what it is. If you look at that image on the, the sonar, you'll see the way that, first of all, you can see the wings. They look swept, which is not what a Lockheed Electra were. They were straight wings. But that could have been damaged when it landed or on the way down, because it had to go 16,000 feet underwater or when it plowed into the bottom. Um, you know, we know that Titanic was buried, you know, some 10, 12 feet by plowing into the bottom because <laughs> as a dive instructor, I can tell you, no, I haven't been 16,000 feet down, but I can tell you if you go to the bottom of any lake, the silt is so deep and so soft. It is like touching talcum powder. When you touch yeah. it, it just boof. So you can stick, I can go to the bottom of Tinkiller and I can stick my arm up to my shoulder into the silt in most places without ever feeling Anything other than the cold, because it is cold. Oh. But other than that, you don't feel really anything. It's kind of, it actually feels, I guess, if I were to quantify it, it's kind of like somebody wrapped your arm in silk. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like, because it's really soft. But then as soon as you touch it, it just kind of explodes. So it, with a bottom like that, and 16,000 feet down, it's going to be even more like that, then it's, it could have been, you know, it could have been damaged when it hit the bottom and kind of plowed in there. Mm -hmm. At any rate, if you look at those images, you see where that tail looks just like an electrism. Yeah. Anyway, not going to revisit the whole thing. You can, you can uh, do that yourself. Uh, however, I did want to get into this, and, and I would love to get an opinion at 918-262-5072. So on, uh, yeah, on Sunday, Chiefs-Ravens. If you were watching any of the pregame, then you probably saw the little dust-up between Mahomes, Kelsey, and Justin Tucker, the Ravens kicker. Mm -hmm. Now, Tucker's tee is set up, and the ball is set up, and he's stretching. And you just see Mahomes taking short dropbacks and throwing, and Kelsey's there with him. And then you see Kelsey go over and move th some footballs that Tucker had set up, and then toss his helmet, <laughs> literally tossed his helmet because Mahomes was right next to him. So when you first see that, you look at it and like, all right, it really appears from what you were looking at that Mahomes and Kelsey came out after him and then just made him move. Now, two pros and a cup of joe before us, and this was the one question I had, which I would not seen anywhere. Which end of the field was that? Whose warm-up end was that? Because teams have dedicated warm-up ends. Now, mm -hmm. punters and kickers are kicking the other way all the time. Right. But there's somebody down there to retrieve it and, you know, amongst the other guys to, to you know, or they're – usually it's not a player. Most time it's an equipment staff or that kind of thing that are down there. But there's somebody down there uh, to do that. So somebody was in somebody else's territory just to start. And that was my question is who was that? Because whoever went out to the other guy's end and started there, it's your problem. 
should be pretty simple. I mean, when you warmed up at Union, you didn't run down to the jinx side to warm up. Right. You stay on your end. But your kickers, although they would go out maybe near the 50 or even the opposite 40 and kick your way, they would also turn around and kick the other way. It's really, it's really mm-hmm. common. Did you ever have to return any of those? I mean, go out and no. shag any of those? No, I didn't. So I, I was able to avoid th- <laughs> situations <laughs> like this. Dust ups, Rick. <laughs> two, things, two things you never want to do. Don't go be the shagger because then anything you drop, everybody laughs at you or points oh, yeah. or, you know, or some fan screams They're something stupid. Yes. Yep. Or your teammates. Second, never volunteer to be the deep snap guy. Anytime, mm-hmm. anytime either a deep snapper is not obvious on the, on the roster or one gets hurt in practice when coach goes, can anybody deep snap? Never raise your hand. <laughs> I'm just saying, take that tip from your uncle Rick. Cause those, that's a, that is a thankless job. Yeah, skipping it is, them back there. It is more thankless than being in an offensive lineman. And you say he's an offensive <laughs> lineman. Guys get these long touchdown runs or these great touchdown throws, and everybody celebrates the catch, and they celebrate the throw, and nobody celebrates the five guys who protected them. Mm-hmm. And so offensive linemen kind of know that, but at the same time it's like, you know, come on. Well, if you're the offensive lineman, yeah, you get caught for holding. Yeah, now everybody's looking at you. But during any long snap, everybody knows. <laughs> There's no question it's you. Yeah. yeah, I know they call numbers now and they penalties, especially in college and the NFL, but everybody knows, even in high school, you you flub a deep snap, you're the monkey. And, and, and anytime <laughs> it goes well, people don't even bat an no. eye. They don't even think about it. Well, it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You it's bend your over. Job. Yeah, you bend over, stick your head between your legs, and then try to do that. Yeah. It's trust me. I, I have <laughs> I have given it a shot and I wasn't awful at it. But I never, ever wanted to. And I played during the time when you could waylay the guy, mm. right? Nowadays, you can't, you can't touch him. So nowadays, it's a little yeah. easier. Yeah, you, now, can't, you can't jump over him. You can't. Yeah, right. When I played, you could haul off and just drive their head even further down between their legs and try to break them into little pieces. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I had a coach who played in the NFL for a while as a deep snapper. He was a lay coach for us at Nathan Hale. And he used to tell us the story of when Dick Butkus turned his helmet around. And he was, he was deep snapping. Yeah. I think it was Cleveland he was playing for. Butkus was across from him, the great Chicago Bears linebacker. And he said, I snapped it. And then the next thing I remember was waking up on the sidelines. <laughs> and he said they told me <laughs> that my helmet was flipped around and my nose was in the ear hole. Gosh. <laughs> The older type type helmets, you know, I mean, I used, when I was playing, it was the old suspension helmets, which, by the way, I loved. Um, and I don't even, I don't even know what they had when he was playing, Chuck was playing. But he's, his nose was in the ear hole, and they finally had smelling salts to wake him up. <laughs> so, no, don't yeah. do that. I'm just telling that you. exceeded my expectations a little bit right there. Just I woke up on the sidelines yep. after that was done. Yep, 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 yep. So Goodness. he said he told us, and he was standing with a group of us on the offensive line because that's what he had played as a deep snapper and an offensive lineman. And he said, guys, and he's looking around so Coach Smith wasn't looking at him. Guys, just want to tell you, never volunteer for that. Mm. <laughs> he said, let a well, receive. He said, let let a receive a special teams or receiver, let somebody else do that, but don't ever do that. Don't ever volunteer. All right. All that to be said, we're going to get back to the Justin Tucker Mahomes thing. So here's Justin Tucker's explanation of what happened. And he's talking to reporters, I believe it's yesterday. Doing the exact same thing. 12 years, never really had a problem with anybody. 
you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back. So uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like, if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. Um, and then uh, Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun. But they seem to be taken a little bit more seriously. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm totally willing to let it all go. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just, you know, what I've done for 12 years. And it's, it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game just like they are. You ever had an issue like that before? No, never had a, an issue with anybody. Um, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all professionals just trying to get ready for the football game. Uh, those are two of the best players that have ever played the game at their respective positions. They're just trying to get ready for the football game. Obviously, it's an intense environment, so um, it's it's really whatever to me, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get ready for the football game. You said nothing. You said nothing. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for football game. So how many times did he say, I'm just getting ready for a football game? But apparently it was a football game he was trying to get ready for. All right, so now let's get Patrick Mahomes' side of this whole thing. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you don't usually talk to the guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times, so – um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches, um, but but didn't move it out of the way. And I, I, I was going to kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me. And then after that, I wasn't going to let him put it back down. So it's it's something that we, we move on. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker, um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time. But at the same time, you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we, we try to do that in a respectful way. All right, so here's the thing. It was the Chiefs' end. Okay. Uh, that's that's what we found out today, and that was something I was trying to find out, and I kept reading things about it, and I never, no one ever said that. And Brady, you know, Brady Quinn with the Two Pros and Cup of Joe said it was the Chiefs' end of the field. So mm-hmm. if you're setting up, and Patrick was on the goal line, or kind of in the end zone area. Yeah. Okay, you, you don't go set up right there. That does seem intentional to me. Yeah, that's that seems odd to set up your equipment right on the goal line, um, as opposed to maybe usually you'd see a situation like that where they're twenty five yards out, something like that. Um, that seems intentional. Yeah, and and still, <laughs> it's still going to be just kind of a he said he said situation yeah. because they both are going to believe they're right. Because even when you see that video. Justin Tucker's looking at them with kind of this grin of like waiting for the other foot to drop, basically waiting for them to kind of start laughing or something like that. Yep. And that wasn't happening. No, not at all. And, you know, you could say, OK, well, you came out and he's sitting right there at your end. But you could go to the other side, too. So if, mm. if you know, which way would you handle it? Would you go over and do that? And, you know, and, and props to Travis Kelsey. He went and just said, hell with this. It's our guys. This is our end, and I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's part, in my opinion, of why the Chiefs are as good as they are. You know, when you heard yeah. John Michael Wright talk about not, you know, not having the <clears throat> to, <laughs> right. you know, to learn and grow and blah, 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 and be cohesive, if you will. And that Chiefs team is. And, you know, Travis Kelsey immediately goes and supports his guy and steps in. 
Now, who do you side with at 918-262-5072? It's 654 on the Blitz 1170. Okay, still to come, Jordan Nagel. He used to be Bishop Kelly, and you really like Jordan, really good dude. Uh, and he's the first-year head coach now at Sepulpa, which there's a lot of stuff happening on Sepulpa, which I think is a great story. We'll talk to him at 810 this morning. Tyler Cass from KTHV in Little Rock. He is our Arkansas insider at 830. That to come, plus many other things. We've got some betting lines in the Super Bowl that are really fun, some prop bets. It is still very expensive to get in. And somebody by text yesterday during the show with Pop and Colby had a great point that I'll get to as well at 918-262-5072. Bryce will have this day in sports history. We'll follow that with Not Sports next right here on The Blitz. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Big 12 football schedule has officially been released, and it sounds as follows for Oklahoma State. In order, the Cowboys will host Utah, be at Kansas State, host West Virginia, at BYU, at Baylor, host Arizona State, at TCU, host Texas Tech for homecoming, and they'll finish the regular season with a Friday matchup at Colorado. Excuse me, the homecoming matchup is Arizona State, not Texas Tech. The Oklahoma State Cowboys the basketball team were blown out last night in Allen Fieldhouse as they host as they lost to the Kansas Jayhawks 83-54. John Michael Wright found his way back in the starting lineup and also led the team in scoring as he had 16. Bryce Thompson went down early in the game with a shoulder injury. There's been no update on his status. And the OU Sooners got their biggest Big 12 road win since 2015 as they beat the Kansas State Wildcats 73-53. Jalen Moore led the team with 23 points. Javen McCollum added 21. And Rivaldo Soares had 10 off the bench. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.